I turn my mic on? Am I on? Yes, I am on. Yes. All right, Psalm 19. Thank you again, Rachel. You have to stop by and say uh, goodbye. If you haven't had a chance to grab some college students, grab them, give them a hug, because I think some of them are going back soon. So we appreciate having them here. It's always exciting. Exciting as a youth pastor to see them come back. But I think as far as the church as a body, I think it's just exciting to have them here, participate in the service and all those things. So we enjoyed having them. Uh, maybe we have to see if Rob can't start a Genesee Christian College over there. <laughs> GCC Eagles. <laughs> uh, soldiers, I guess. We need to keep going soldiers. Sorry. Well, the PCC is different. So, hey, my bad. Psalm 19. <laughs> Psalm 19. I'll actually open the word of God to where hopefully we have, we know what we're talking about. Tonight, I want to do something that, uh, I want to have a conversation, and not necessarily because I believe the topic is a big discussion the hour we live, uh, because I think if you grabbed your handout, did everybody get a handout before I go any farther? Everybody, anybody need one? I got ushers. I got a couple people over here. Just keep your hands raised. Ushers are coming. They'll get you one. But um, if you got a handout, you see that we're talking about um, our technological age, our digital age, and the um, day we live. Some right over here, guys. Um, but we're talking about the digital age in which we live. And so whether you have a, if you've never touched an iPad before, you don't have an iPhone, whether you've never Googled th- anything in your life, this is the world we live in. So I want to stop tonight and have a conversation a biblical conversation, not a psychological conversation that you'd read in uh, a magazine or something like that you'd sit in the doctor's office, not a, uh, a fear, uh, not a fear conversation about what is the world coming to because everybody is doing this and what happens when everybody's listening and what happens when everybody's looking at me. I'm not even having that conversation. I just want to have a conversation of how do we navigate life in the age that we live biblically? So it, it, it's a conversation that I need to have because with a five and a nine-year-old, my day's coming where I'm going to have to navigate some of these things. And so I want to know myself how to navigate it. I want to navigate it because I am attempting to pastor your children. And, and so whether in junior church or in youth group, I want to have this uh, under my belt. And I'm attempting to lead myself to follow God. And so whether you're here and you're a grandparent, you're like, I don't even have a smartphone, don't want nothing to do with that stuff. Your grandkids are living in this world. You watch television, most likely. You may not like binge on Netflix, but I'm sure you watch the news. (laughs) And probably more news than you should at times. (laughs) And so as a parent, we have to navigate these things. And today, this evening, I, when we walk through Psalm 19, I'm not walking through Psalm 19 as some would say, I guess they jokingly say, the sage on the stage, that I know everything about this, and it's like, I own an iPhone, so I know everything to tell you guys about technology, or how it should be navigated. I don't. But I'm hoping that walking through Psalm 19 starts the conversation with a husband and a wife about how we use our devices, what we watch on television, the music that we put into our ears. It starts a conversation with our kids that maybe we, wouldn't, we haven't had. A conversation that we gave them a device and said, don't do anything bad with it, and then took it away when they did. 
we have a conversation of from grandparents sitting with their children, I mean their grandchildren, who are on their devices, and instead of uh, getting upset and angry because you're at my house, put that stuff down, to let's change this to a biblical conversation. Let's grow ourselves, because this is the day and age when we live. It's not going away. And so God, being that faithful God, is still on the throne, and his word is sufficient to help us navigate all these things. And so just for a little bit tonight, I just want to start the conversation, start the thought process, that the way I live in this world today is clearly spelled out through God's word. And I, and I think Psalm 19, and I don't believe we're going to take the, this passage out of context. I believe we can walk straight through this passage and we can see that the day we live in today, God is supremely in control. He knows exactly how we walk. And at the conclusion of it, we come to how we even need to respond ourselves as we walk through it. So we're just going to tonight walk through Psalm 19. Look at God. Look at what he's done. And then see how that reflects on me. And how I may use a device, how I may sit in front of my television screen, the DVD that I put in the DVD player, what I rent on iTunes, whatever. How that looks biblically from the word of God. And so as we go, Psalm 19, I'm going to read it. Familiar passage, but I'm going to read it because it's just a beautiful piece of scripture. And as I read it, after I read it, we'll pray and we'll walk through this thing tonight. All right, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is the bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the earth, and the circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let's pray. Lord, as we walk through your word tonight, God, we do believe your word does have the power to convert a soul. Lord, as we walk through it tonight, God, I pray that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, work in our lives. Lord, I have nothing of any value to say to these folks outside of your word. And so, God, I pray that you'd help me to stay to it, to say nothing, to add nothing to it, to um, take nothing away from it. And then, God, I pray that us as a church body would open our hearts, Lord, as we navigate these things, so that, Lord, what we say from your word, what, only the parts that would matter, Lord, would fall in our hearts and bring forth fruit in our life. We need your help. God, we do. So God, would you meet with us tonight? In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. All right, so if you have your handout, Psalm 19, once again, I want us to reiterate this. I am not trying to give answers tonight for every thought and everything that has ever happened in any technological field. I'm only wanting to start the conversation that I believe we can live biblically, not afraid, 
but nor totally embracing everything the world sends us. And I believe we can find it as we walk through God's word. So let's go. Psalm 19, and we'll jump to uh, our handout. It says, here are three biblical conversations that give clarity to the conversation. So as we look at Psalm 19, before we get to the part where it says, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We have to put three things, I guess, in perspective, okay? So as we get there, before we come to our response, how we pray that, God, everything I do, I want it to be pleasing to you, we have to kind of, Psalm 19 begins to line up our perspective with everything that happens so that we can see it clearly, okay? So we're going to jump in. So the three uh, biblical observations here. Number one, the greatness of God. The greatness of God. So we've got the greatness of God. So we read the passage. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmness shows his handiwork. Day in and day utter speech, night and night utter knowledge. And, um, and as we keep going in the passage. So I want us to write this down. The greatness of God. The skies without its assistance speak of the greatness of God. They demonstrate the handiwork of our amazing creator. The sun runs the course that God has set for it. So as we start out this whole conversation, it gives me perspective. I see the greatness of our God. Okay, so we see that and the heavens are declaring the sun this morning as it came up. If you notice as you drove in and you saw all the trees glitter and everything is going that like sparkling because of the ice on it. God's greatness was being shouted over the world that there is a God and he is great. He is over all those things. So in this conversation that we have about uh, technology God is not intimidated, or neither is God impressed. And I think those are your blanks on your hand out there. God is not intimidated, or God is impressed by man's achievements. God spoke the world into existence. I was jokingly telling my wife this morning that, I mean, last evening as I was talking to this and just running it by her for her thoughts and feedback, as when I think it's awesome because I can say, Alexa, turn on the lights, and the light of my house goes, click. It's like, kids, watch this. And they run to do it. God is, God is not sitting in heaven and say, that's pretty nifty. <laughs> Psalms 19 says that in the, in the verses, this is what the Bible says. Day and day utter speech, night and night showeth knowledge. His glories are being spoken. There is no speech nor language where his voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is the bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices a strong man to run a race. So he says, hey, the sun comes up like a bridegroom, like a, a, bro- a, a, broom, a groom coming out for his wedding. And he comes up and shows up as a strong man who's exercised and prepared for a race. This is what God does. So when I say, Alexa, turn on the lights, God says, universe, do what I've commanded you to do. And the sun comes up. I think a little while ago, Google introduced um, headphones that had, um, as you're talking, translation into whatever language, into multiple languages. So that you can put your headphones in and somebody can talk to you a different language and it would translate what they were saying. And we say, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> they wish they had that at the Tower of Babel. <laughs> like, I can talk and all these things are, but this is what the Bible says. That the ferment, the skies, they speak in a language and everyone knows what they speak. This morning, no matter what your nationality was, where you were from, when the sun rose this morning and it glowed across the sky, 
there no one had to stop and say, I wonder what God's trying to tell me. I wonder what it's saying. And every speech and every language, it was heard clearly. So when we start this conversation, we have to put things in perspective that we have a great God. And nothing that is happening right now in our world today is above him. There's nothing that he's surprised by. There's nothing that keeps him awake. There's nothing that he thinks, whoa, that is pretty cool. He's like, I've been doing this with the universe since eternity began, whenever that was. So when we start this conversation, we have to put things in perspective that God is great. And I don't need to fear evil. Because one day, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so I don't have to walk through a world with whether it be the media's fear, uncertainty, and doubt and say, well, be scared of this. Well, don't worry about this. We have a God in heaven who knows about it. Who is not at all impressed by it. Nor is he intimidated by it. And so we put these things in perspective. So we keep going. The greatness of our God. Number two, we put into perspective the sufficiency of Scripture. The sufficiency of Scripture. So we know that our God is great, but we know his word is enough. I'm going to read this passage one more time. Verse number seven. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. So let's just go through them one more one at a time. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. So God's word is completely sufficient to change the course of a soul, of a life. God's word is sufficient to change the direction of a human being. All of us here that are saved today can give testimony that God's word was sufficient to change the direction that we were going. So when I look at it, I say, man, the way we live, the, the way, the time in which we live, man, all these things that are changing us and developing us, just know that the word of God is still sufficient to change lives. It is. We go on. Um, verse number seven, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. God's word is dependable to give me discernment. So God's word has been tried over and over and over and over and over again. Um, when we start looking at the Bible and how all these things that have come through the word of God, all these stories or narratives, as we'd say, from the word of God. God's word has been tried over and over and over and over and over again, and it's worked every time. It is dependable to give me the discernment that I need to walk through life. So when I think, man, I don't know here how much screen time my three-year-old should have, the Bible doesn't say 10 minutes until he's four, but it has been proven over and over and over to provide discernment for how I need to live my life. And it's dependable. I can, I can have the conversation around this book and not feel intimidated at all that, well, the Bible's how old and these things are how new. It's dependable. And we keep going. Verse number eight. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. God's word is always right, so I can rejoice when I follow it. So God's word is always correct, 
and every part. And so I have liberty within this book that should bring me the greatest joy. God says don't because it's not good for me. I don't. And I can be happy with this. God says do is probably the best for me. That's awesome. I can count on this book. We keep going. Verse number eight. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. God's word is clean. It's cleansing. So it gives clarity to how I see things. It's amazing how, as a believer, we can see the same thing an unsaved person sees and have a totally different mindset, a whole different thought pattern on how it is. Now, when we... Look at something like, uh, let's, just say, let's just say death. We look at death. Not something we like to look at. But Paul wrote the Thessalonians that we sorrow not as those that have no hope. Because of the word of God, I see things a little more clearly, a lot more clearly than what an unsaved person would see. That I see heaven i see the glories and so yes there are struggles and there are difficulties but ultimately i can see life so much clearer because of what god's word shows me so as i navigate a digital world i have to keep this in perspective that god's word is sufficient so we keep going in verse number nine the statutes of the lord are right rejoice in the heart the commandment of the lord is pure enlightening the eyes god's word brings the fear of the lord that provides the continuous cleansing. So the statue of the Lord are right, rejoice in heart. Um, verse number nine, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. So God's word brings a fear of the Lord that provides a continuous cleansing. Um, I think one of the verses pastor quotes often, Proverbs 16, 6. Um, through, mercy, through mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, I believe it is. Um, the verse that he quotes often is that the fear of the Lord when I believe that God, I am responsible to God, I have an awe, a respect for God, like I should, Proverbs talks about it often, it helps me straighten my life out. It helps me get some things right. It continually makes me come back to say, if I fear God, I won't look at that. If I have a respect for God, I won't do that. And so when we start looking at it, the word of God is bringing a fear of God that continually cleanses me. And then we keep going, verse number nine, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So he just ended up, the psalmist ended up with God's word is entirely true and right in everything that comes. God's word is just true and right. What issue is it? I don't know. But I know from the word of God, God's word is true and right for it. And what God says is right. We go on. God's word is tremendously valuable. Keep going. Verse number 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So God's word is tremendously valuable because of its warnings and its reward. So we're going to put all this together, but I want us to see this because it gives us perspective on all these things. Okay. So as we look at that, God's word is sufficient for everything and it is more precious than gold. It's better than, I guess, sweet as the honeycomb. I'm not a big honey eater, but I would take it. It means talking about sweet things, dessert. (laughs) So God's word is more valuable to me than all those things because it's warnings. Hey, don't do this. 
hey, stop. Go that way. When you read and through Noah and Hebrews chapter 11, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear, prepared an art to the saving of his house. So when we start to look at this, that um, the warnings in the word of God are valuable to me. And this is why sometimes, where, whether it be a teenager, whether it be a child trying to prove autonomy and saying, hey, I'm on my own, I can do this. Whoa, 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 God's word says don't. And for that reason, it's extremely valuable. But also, and in keeping them, there's a great reward. That as I walk with the word of God, I am rewarded. It is well worth my time and effort to walk in the words of God because in there I find blessing. In there do I find everything goes right in life? No. To my standard, no. But in there I find blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I find that happiness and that peace when I walk in God's word. So once I get the things in perspective, perspective number one is that God is great. He's over all these things. They have not taken him by surprise. His word is sufficient for everything I need. I don't have to have a clinical discussion. I'm not taking away anything from people who have degrees and people who are way smarter than me. I'm not trying to take away from them at all. But every conversation I have from the word of God is sufficient to show me how I ought to live. It gives me discernment. Um, I like the quote here by um, Trevor Weiss. He says this, We need Christians with scripture-soaked imaginations. Here's the deal. If you know the songs of the world better than you know the great hymns of our faith, then the world's soundtrack will have a greater impact on you than the churches. If you've seen certain movies or shows so many times you can quote them, quote from them, but have not committed to memory passage of scripture, the, the sermons of the world will be closer to your heart than the scripture. When I start looking at the value of the word of God, I should be scared to live in the world that we live without that book. How can we navigate it? See, and the teenagers, if you graduate from our youth group, you'll hear this more and more, and you'll probably like throw up in your mouth every time you have to hear it from me. But you don't read your Bible because rainbows and birds come singing and everything is hunky-dory because you read it. You read it because its warnings are necessary for you. Its rewards are necessary for you. And so before I even sit down to have the conversation about how I should use my phone, what should I watch on Netflix, what should my kids do on YouTube, before I even have that conversation, I need to have the conversation that God's word is sufficient for everything. And this family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then I can, those other conversations can come. But I have to know that God's word is sufficient. I don't have to have a psychological degree to know how long is too long for me to be on Facebook. I need to walk with the Lord and walk in his word because it'll help me navigate. I don't need like people on my back telling me what or should not, what I should or should not post because God's words, the warnings I'm trying to heed because it's rewards I so desperately desire. And so when we start doing this, I have to keep all this in perspective, that God is great, that his word is sufficient, and we go on. Number three, the deceitfulness of disobedience. The deceitfulness of disobedience. So he's jumping to verse number 12. 
who can understand his errors? And what he's saying is just who can understand the mistakes? It, almost like Jeremiah, when Jeremiah says our hearts are desperately wicked, who can know them? That I'm easily deceived by my very own heart. I think I'm going the right direction. And I find out later on when I get into the word of God that, wait a second, I'm not even going close to the right way. And so he says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let him not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. So before I have this conversation, I know that God is great, Scripture is sufficient, but the deceitfulness of disobedience. Number one here, I need to ask God to search me, because often I am unaware of the sin that resides within my own heart. So before I have a conversation about technology... Like, even as we even just think about this sitting in this room, we can come to the point where that doesn't affect me. That doesn't bother me. I don't need this. You know what? Within all of us, sin is hidden. And we don't even know at times that we're even going the wrong direction. This is why the psalmist said, God, created me a clean heart. Search me and try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way. Because I am easily deceived to think I'm going the right way. When, I don't know if you've ever had a moment. and Maybe not, and maybe it's just me. But to where you, you're going along fine with something. And then whether the word of God is preached. Whether God reveals something in his word in your devotions. And all of a sudden you're like, the Holy Spirit just, that's you man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This had nothing to do with me. <laughs> I was just listening to this message driving down the road because I wanted to listen to something. He's preaching this to only other people. That's not even for me. That's you. This is what you're doing. And God reveals in my heart the sin that I missed because I believed I was doing the right thing. God reveals to me in the moments where I say, I don't have a problem with my smartphone. Even though everybody in my family would say, he's on that thing all the time. Well, no, because I'm doing this. Well, no, because I'm working. No, because I'm... See, before we even enter this conversation, I have to know I can be deceived by my own self and thinking, I have no problem. There is no sin. I don't struggle here. And so I have to pray to God. God. Reveal these things in my life. Show me the moment where I'm watching the movie and I say, this doesn't affect me. And it does. I'm listening to the music and I think, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm going in a direction where I think, hey, there's nothing wrong with this. But there is. So I have to understand when we have this conversation, it is easy for me to be deceived. So I need God's revelation. And then go on. We go like this. I need to ask God to rescue me because I arrogantly believe that sin will have dominion over me. He says, keep me back presumptuous, arrogant sins where I do it and I know it's wrong. But I know in my own mind, it won't affect me. It's not that big a deal. Hey, what I look at I can go here and it won't affect my life. It won't affect my marriage. It won't affect anything. 
I can do what I want. And I will be the first one to get over sin and not have the effect on me. See, I have to keep all these things in perspective. I have a great God who is in no way, no way intimidated or even interested, impressed about how we live in our connected society. I have God's word that's sufficient for everything I need. It converts souls. It gives me discernment. It gives me all these things. I have all the things, but then I have to put in perspective. Before I ever have this conversation, I can deceive myself, but also I need God to rescue me from me because I can so arrogantly believe. I can do this. I can look at, I can listen to, I can watch, and it will not affect me. And I can go through life that way, quenching the Holy Spirit, quenching the Holy Spirit, doing what I'm not supposed to do, and arrogantly believing. It'll never catch up. It'll never stop me. I'm doing okay. Everybody has problems. Everybody makes mistakes. And so as we come to the the verse of this whole thing is that, this is how we have to keep in mind. So with those things in mind, with having a great God, with having sufficient scriptures, with looking at the deceitfulness of my disobedience and that I can be deceived myself, that is where I come to verse number 14, is it? Verse 14, and I pray this prayer because God, I need it. So Lord, with all those things in mind, would you let the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So now this starts the conversation. This prayer starts the conversation. That God, here's your place, I need, um, let the words of my mouth, I mean, when I realized the three principles from early in Psalm 19, my desire, my prayer should be the things I communicate and the things that I put in my mind to consider need to be acceptable to God. So when I realize these three principles of early in Psalm 19, my desire, my prayer should be the things I communicate and the things that I put in my mind to consider need to be acceptable to God. The word acceptable means that which may be received with pleasure. So with all those, I guess, principles, whatever you want to call them, in place, this is where I come. And this is where I start this conversation with my family. This is where I start the conversation with my kids. Knowing that God knows all about these things. Knowing that God's word right here is enough and everything we need. And so we need to love it. Be used its warnings. Look for towards its rewards. And I know the deceitfulness of my own heart. That I can think, I'm going the right way. When I'm going the wrong way. This is when I can say, family, we got to let the words, of our, the words of our mouth, the things we communicate online, in text, where, however we're communicating, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever the list and whatever it will be tomorrow and the next day. we got to make sure that those are pleasing, that God can accept those with pleasure when they come out of anybody in this family. And the things that we meditate on, 
the movies that we watch and then drift off to sleep and think about, the shows that we watch because, and once again, none of these are wrong, and I'm not, well, some of them can be wrong, but I don't want to tell us the line and say, this is what you ought to do, this is what, I'm saying, let's start the conversation. Let's start thinking through it. Is this acceptable to you, God? Is this how you'd want me to do? I can be deceived, God. Would you help me through it? As a conversation with husband and wives, conversations that we may not have all the time, and say, "Hun, if I were to, if 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 I were hypothetically to ask you, am I doing what's acceptable, Lord? What would your hypothetical answer be?" Or, hey, with our children, hey, even with our grandkids, hey, with friends. A conversation that I have with someone who can hold me accountable. I don't have a husband, don't have a wife, don't have kids. Grab a friend. Hey, I want to make sure I'm acceptable. The things that I say, the things that I'm putting into my mind, the things that I'm considering, they're acceptable to my Savior. And so it begins to start the conversation that we often don't have. And so as we look at these things, once again, my whole desire, and I feel like a failure because in preaching, aren't you supposed to like bring it to like, this is what you need to do now and go out from here and do just what the word of God says. And I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, this is the goal. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be well-pleasing to my Savior. And so now we go from here And we open our Bibles with friends, with family, as couples, in whatever way we want to say it and however we want to do it and start the conversation. In the world that we live in, how much screen time should my kid have? What age should my kid get a cell phone? How long should I spend on Facebook and still be on honor and glory to God? For me, how long should I spend on Instagram and still be honoring and glorifying to God? How much is too much YouTube? What makes a movie that I can and can't watch? What makes music? Should I, I shouldn't. Should, this is where we start the conversation. I know the goal. God, I want you to be pleased with me and with what I do. So God, would you begin to grow me that way? Begin to show me as a dad, as a teenager, Mom, great, 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 great grandma. Hey, this is the world we live in, okay? It's not going away. In fact, like the same thing, our kids will one day laugh at the cell phones that we carry. And they will crack up and say, you had a phone that big? (laughs) What in the world was that all about? (laughs) You mean you actually had to watch TV and that, <laughs> we go to my grandma and she still has one of those big um, floor televisions with the like, speakers on the side made out of wood. <laughs> you watch that? It's going farther and farther. But from the word of God, it's not something I have to fear. God's bigger than all these. It's not something I have to wonder about. God's word shows me exactly how I need to live. I do need to fear myself, though. 
because I'm easily deceived. But I know the goal. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that it's sufficient. And Lord, tonight, I have not really answered any question that I would love to stand up here and say I had the answer for. Lord, I thank you that we have your Holy Spirit and that he answers these things for us as we follow him. So God, would you begin the conversation with us as individuals in our lives, Lord, the things that we look at, the things we consume. Lord, would you help us to begin this conversation in our families? Lord, would you bring this conversation up to our church so that, Lord, we can live in this day and age with whatever technological advances that you've given us and show that the gospel still shines clearly through all those things. But God, that only comes with your help and direction. So God, we are honestly stopping and asking you for your help in all these things. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Before you're dismissed, I'll say one thing really quickly about thing. It's not really in my message, but I just wanted to say it just for because I thought it would be helpful. If you are a person that um, I'm an audiobook junkie, so I probably listen to more than I should. But um, the book on the back, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You, is actually a free book this, this month on Christian audio. So it's a free, like no holes barred, nothing. Like you read the book for free. You get the book for free, but it is an audio book. So if you'd like to link to it, let me know. I got it on my phone. I'll send it to you. And there's no holes barred. But if you're like listening, <laughs> uh, Scott, after I said um, I, I posted it, Scott was like, do they have an app being funny? And I was like. I'm not sure if Scott's joking or not. Like, there's 90% of me that says Scott is joking right now. <laughs> but the 10%, I'm going to answer him. <laughs> so, but if you, if I honestly recommend the book. I listened to it, and there's moments where there were um, times where I thought, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, Josh has read the book. Um, Evangelist Dave Young, me and him were reading it at the same time, and he was talking to me about it as we were going through it. But I would say there's moments in the book where I'm like, no, I don't have that problem. Okay, I do, I do. Lord, I need your help. And so I definitely recommend it, but it's free. And so there's no charge, no nothing for it. So that's just my tip to you. You're dismissed.